on my aching back. <laughs> it's three days ago that I was at Brookvale Oval, but still my back is aching because, as I've said in the past on this show, when I call games at Brookvale Oval, I can't stand up straight and look out the window because the windows aren't high enough. They're designed to sit down and call. Well, I just can't sit down and call, so I have to stand up. And as a result, over the weekend, my back has been killing me. I think I'm going to have to have some workers' comp or something like that. Hi, everybody. Who have you been carrying? The Manly Seagulls through that game? That's you right. didn't do a very good job. No, I didn't. Warren Smith and <laughs> Lara Pitt to take you through the next hour or so of Rugby League chat coming out of round 11 of the Telstra Premiership. And this week, of course, we get sucked into the vortex that is State of Origin. The teams have been announced for game one, but I don't know how I'm going to go. I've only got one game next weekend because it's a split round, Lars. But mm, Me too. I don't know how I'm going to... I might be off the next two or three months with my bad back. Oh, jeez. We need to work this commentary box out. Can we just in- increase the level of the ceiling for you? Can we put some renovations into the com box? What about if we just napalm Brookvale over <laughs> and start again? <laughs> Isn't it happening? Aren't they getting a, they, a heap of cash? They are doing a centre of excellence years. type situation. Your back will be done by then. I, my back. I'll be in a wheelchair by then. <laughs> They'll wheel me into the commentary box. Take him off the Lotto Land roster. Can I get workers' comp? Is that a chance, do you reckon? Mm, not, not with your golf game, as good as it is. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> It'd be like those a current affairs videos where they're... Warren Smith. They're tracking people across <laughs> Sydney, <laughs> watching them. You know, you see the shot, they're in the neck brace. Yeah. And then the next shot, they're playing golf or playing tennis. And they go, see, it's all yep. a fake. Absolutely. I know somebody whose job it was who worked for insurance firms who used to sit in the back of a van and with the darkened windows and he used to film people. He would pull up in streets and sit there for ages. I mean, like hours and hours on end waiting for somebody to emerge from a house or a business or wherever it was, the shops or whatever. And, you know, if you're there for that time, you can't leave your post because you're staking them out. So you need a little potty in case you need to go number ones or number twos. <laughs> and can you imagine in the middle of summer sitting in a suburban street, staking out somebody's house and it's like, oh, I've got to go and then having to go and sitting there for the rest of the afternoon. Amongst it. And it's 38 degrees oh, and you're just sitting there in your own stuff. That well, that's, would be That's what we'll be assigning horrendous. to you if you dare take any leave from Lotto Land. <laughs> You've got round 14, Manly v. the Dragons. You need to avoid Lotto Land. That's Hopefully you won't uh, be on the road. That's the next Lotto that, Land yeah. game? That's the next Lotto Land okay. game. Okay. Well, I'll, speak, I'll be speaking to the, the powers that be and saying, <laughs> look, the neck brace won't allow me to be at Lotto Land <laughs> okay. in round 14. Uh, apart from that, it was a pretty good weekend of rugby league. Boy, a few other injuries, not just it, sore backs. It was dramatic. I mean, yeah, so my, dramatic. my sore back is nothing on the injury list mm. that came out of the weekend and it affected quite obviously the um, origin teams, especially New South Wales, and it, it had been an evolving story it over the course of the weekend. Thing, and then there I am, uh, I'm at... Um, Wollongong yesterday at Wynn Stadium watching the Dragons and the Sharks play and Tyson Frizzell goes down. I'm sitting next to Greg Alexander who couldn't talk suddenly and then down on the sideline working for the Nine Network was Brad Fittler, the origin coach himself. He was grey given what had happened over the course of the weekend and they're thinking, my God, now Tyson Frizzell has gone down. We can't lose another one. Mm. Um, But anyway, it looks like Tyson Frizzell is probably okay um, from that New South Wales team. I mean, we'll wait and see, of course, over the next couple of days how he pulls up from the concussion 
yesterday. It was a bit of a, a strange one in some ways because obviously he got the whack to the head, but it, I'm sure he like would have rattled his teeth or loosened a couple of teeth because Josh Dugan's face or his forehead... Head on. ...straight into the side of the head of Tyson Frazella was a really ugly clash. The pictures of him at halftime in the sheds didn't look good. He was trying to get some feeling back in his face and it certainly didn't... Um, yeah, look comfortable. So the Dragons have just said they've handed over, handed him over to the Blues medical staff and uh, it doesn't sound like or they've certainly not revealed that there's been any sort of facial fracture or, you know, eye socket issue. So it'll just be a protocol around concussion and, and given that it's a 10, what is it, 10-day turnaround before Origin that hopefully he can line up for them and have a nice little rest to start the Origin week. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't such good news for Luke Keary, who's had a couple of concussions now this year and in a short space of time as well. Rested uh, not that long ago for the Roosters after an early one in 2019 and mm. now the one over the weekend, of course, up there in the early going against the Knights. Um, that was a shocker, absolute absolutely shocking. shocker, the way he came down and, and the whiplash and the way he was thudded into the, the turf as it turned out in that tackle. Yeah. Um, and he won't be playing and would have been playing um, for New South Wales, no question about that. So yeah. that's a real shame because, uh, you know, I think he has been the best player in the competition over the first 10 or 11 weeks. He came into a big league rap the week after. The, the weekend he copped the head knock in round six, I believe it was against the Storm. And he they won that game, but he... he looked awful when he got knocked out then and he couldn't play on Anzac Day because the club ruled him out. And when he came in for big leg rap, he said, head knocks just rattle me now. So I knew as soon as he got hit in Newcastle that it would mean he would rule himself out because he said he feel he, he's had that knock before, he's broken his jaw before and he said every time he gets hit now, it, it really knocks him about. And he, he, when he was here for big leg rap, he was still f- suffering the after effects of it. Um, so, yeah, it's horrible to see and... Yeah, and it was it was another nasty one in Newcastle in what was a really potentially a wonderful contest. But as soon as he got knocked out of that game and having no Cooper Cronk, they just looked completely out of sorts, the Roosters against mm. Newcastle. And it's such a serious thing now, given what we know about concussions and the after effects and, and how it can affect you for the rest of your life and certainly once you get into your, your sort of 50s and 60s in particular. And I know that the experts... Um, from various clinics in Boston in particular where a lot of study has been done about CTE, chronic, um, I'm not even going to attempt to say the name now, Um, (laughs) encephalopathy, (laughs) chronic traumatic encephalopathy, I think is the way to say it. Um, But, uh, you know, they they would say to him, mate, we think you should retire. You know, mm. if, if if he was to go and see those experts in the States who've done so much work and, and seen so many brains from players deceased, um, from the NFL in particular, they would say, like, this is what it can end, end up looking like and how it can affect you and um, we would suggest you retire. So, I mean, that's, you know, one line of thinking. Mm. I'm sure uh, Luke will see the best people possible out here and um, he'll take the, the the right course of action. And I'm not suggesting that he's about to retire mm. or, or pull the pin on his rugby league career. But, um, you know, uh, players more and more in various codes do retire early if they feel that um, they haven't recovered from the effects of concussions. Um, we've seen it in the, in the AFL a couple of times in recent times as well. NFL players now um, quite regularly, you know, at 25, 26 years of age, say, I've had quite a few and I think I'm done. And I've, I reckon, um, he's never come out and said this, but I reckon Jared Hayne, that might have been part of the reason he didn't go back and play again for a second season or ongoing in the NFL, because I just think 
once he realised that, you know, the, and he spoke about, you know, you, your bell gets rung a lot. Yep. It doesn't matter what position you're playing in that game, but the fact they're wearing helmets and the helmets add to the uh, the mass in the, those collisions head-to-head. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very serious thing. So let's hope that Tyson Frizzell is good to go for Origin uh, 1 for New South Wales, and let's hope that Luke Keary is able to bounce back um, and be right as rain for the rest of uh, 2019 because it was a, an amazing weekend. I mean, we saw that, that awful collision at Belmore as well yesterday between Jerome Hughes and Dale Finucane. Well, I was going to just ask you about that. My God, the gash at mm. the top of the scalp on um, where the, the hairline begins on the top of the forehead for Jerome Hughes was awful. And Craig Bellamy was asked about it after the game because we're sitting in here on Sunday ticket going, you know, how does a guy who suffers that the what appears to be a pretty nasty injury in the middle of his head clearly he has cut has suffered a head knock? Don't you have to come off for an HIA? Um, we know he missed last. Well, he came back. No, he missed last week's game because of the concussion he suffered in Magic Round. So this is a player who's had a head knock recently. So wouldn't you be pulling him off anyway to check it out? We don't like to question the integrity of the doctors, and that's not what we're doing. But. Many people, we watch the vision and we just think, why is he still out there? And, and I'll admit, look, it is confusing because you know, sort of know the protocols and, and the NRL have been at pains to go through it and say, you know, these are indications and indicators and these are uh, basically situations where if this would occur, this would be an automatic removal from the game for an HIA and there are certain situations where it's not just an HIA test, it's you're ruled out of the game straight away. In the case of, say, Luke Keary, obviously, or Boyd Cordner the week before, who himself said, you know, he was shocked when he saw his concussion back and the way But do we need to stop saying about the symptoms and just looking at it's been a, a heavy collision of, of heads? So do we need to stop... This whole thing around, well, if you don't look concussed, if you're not showing symptoms of concussion, then you can't be brought... Because James Graham had a pretty heavy head knock in your game yesterday and jumped straight back up because I know half the time he hates coming off for an HIA anyway. And you know what? Uh, uh, You know, James has been obviously the most vocal NRL player in regards to concussions because he's had a number of them and he had quite a a back and forth with uh, Peter Fitzsimons... uh, journalist and former rugby player um, who's done a lot of uh, research and spoken to all those people I was talking yeah. about in the US in regards to the NFL and concussions and the work they've done with CTE. And, um, yeah, when James jumped back to his feet yesterday, I thought, you know, that's just a that's a response. Uh, yeah, and I could be get, doing him a disservice, but it looked like a, I've got to get up. I know I've got to get up. It's like the old boxer, you know, you want to get back to your feet. To, to say I'm okay. Yep. Oh, you didn't. That was just a slip, you know. I, to avoid the symptoms, to avoid the look mm. of maybe being concussed. Yeah, but um, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> there are some situations where it's out of the player's hand, but there are those grey ones mm. where it's very much in the player's hand, and you know they're tough. They they are super tough, and you go through the injuries like Justin yeah. O'Neill. Super played, tough. Justin O'Neill played over the weekend with a ruptured spleen and then woke up in the middle of the night in Canberra and thought I couldn't breathe properly and he's, he's now going to – he's had surgery and going to be in Canberra for the rest of the week laid up and I don't know what the uh, prognosis is as far as his return to the field but I'm, I'm They're not assuming it would be no, some months. time down the track. They're saying – you can recover from that. I've, could be six months, but right, exactly. They're not willing to to speculate. The club 
just yet. But he, yeah, his father was quoted, rightly so, being fairly concerned about. Really concerned, should yeah, be. When he spoke to his son in the morning on Sunday, and he said he was having difficulty breathing. So, yeah. pretty courageous to have played on that game, considering they, they believe he did it in the first half and then went on to score a try. It was his hundredth as well. And, you know, back, just back to, and with that and Jerome Hughes, whether he should have come from the field or not, but he knows he's got a pretty nasty gash. And I'm not sure that he knew exactly how bad that gash was. And that would have taken a lot of stitches to sew him back together after the game because when they taped him up and then the, the, the bandage came off just before half time, I think it was, it was like, oh my God. That is, that's like a golf club has hit him in the top of the head and taken a divot out of his head. Shocking. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. So they are super, super tough. Mm. Um, Let's quickly run through the origin teams, uh, talking about injuries and the effect to the teams as far as uh, who might have been playing and who isn't playing as a result of injuries. New South Wales, Tedesco, uh, the fullback, Addo Carr and Kotrick on the wings. Uh, no surprises there. Latrell Mitchell, Josh Morris. I think everybody um, assumed Josh, as long as he got through the game yesterday, was going to be the cent- in the centres for New South Wales, given the injuries and, uh, and the yeah the lack of depth there in that position for New South Wales. Nathan Cleary. Um, what were your thoughts on Nathan Cleary being the halfback? Got his reprieve, didn't he? I mean, there was mixed messages on the weekend. We didn't know whether he would get picked because Freddie sort of indicated that Adam Reynolds might have been in the frame, but then he got injured, so maybe Nathan's shot was uh, was back on the table. Uh, yeah, I mean, the talk had been so strong last week that Nathan was, you know, going to yeah, get... the dogs given, are barking, weren't they? Yeah, another, another crack, and you know what? This is, this is his chance, and um, I'm sure that he's... Extremely grateful to be given that shot. You said last week he's not going to call Freddie and say, mate, don't pick me, I'm not That's right. right. Um, and, you know, his own father jumped to his defence late last week and said it's been a, a lot of pressure for him and he deserves a, you know, deserves to be given a, another shot because the whole team he's pl- in, in and playing amongst has not been playing well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm very interested to see how him and a, a guy like Cody Walker play together and it, it would certainly appear that someone like Damien Cook is going to have a huge role to play given the combination that him and Cody have at the Rabbitohs. Yeah, and I think Nathan Cleary is a very similar player to Adam Reynolds. Both have very good kicking games. Um, they are sort of classic old school halfbacks in, in, a, the, you know, in, in the manner of being a little general, the guy who steers the team around the park and doesn't always star but is there at first receiver, um, calls for the ball when he needs the ball to go to the back line or just turns it back underneath for a forward to take another carry because he's not confident with what he's seen in the defensive line. He's not ready for the backs to get a chance on either side of the field. So um, just steer the team around the park and then you've got Cody Walker who, you know, dances across the field like he's, you know, playing the violin and, and dropping notes here and there and they're all just perfect notes and he hits the right note mm. every time at the moment, doesn't he? It's just uh, fantastic to Such watch. A good story. The ball just bounces to him. He's got the world on a string mm. and he just had to be picked in the number six jumper. Didn't no matter who else was available, Cody Walker had to be in the team. And if it meant that, you know, if Luke Keary was fit, I'd have had Walker and Keary as the halves combination in front of Nathan Cleary. I, I couldn't have had, you know, anybody else other than Cody Walker in the number six. Well, isn't that crazy then? Because it's, it could have been totally different today. It might have been. It, been. it might have been. I guess, we'll, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Um, but even before Luke Keary suffered the concussion, mm. as we said, the dogs were barking. Yeah. Uh, the street corner tip, as they say in the classics, was that Nathan Cleary was going to be the New South Wales number seven. So a little bit of loyalty there perhaps. But uh, in the end, it was, it was a no-brainer because... Uh, 
I guess in a way, Adam Reynolds was okay off the back of that scare he had against the Tigers on Saturday night, but it seemed like Cleary was always going to be the pick. Um, Payne Haas, teenager. David Fafita is a teenager also being picked on the bench for Queensland. Uh, It'll be fascinating to see how Payne Haas in particular goes because 10 games into his NRL career, well, here he is um, playing (laughs) in the cauldron of State of Origin. It'll be fascinating to see how he handles that. Of course, he won't have to play anything like 80 minutes, Mm. but you'd figure he will have to play somewhere around about 30 minutes, 35 minutes potentially, Mm. uh, depending on, you know, injuries and the way they rotate their middle forwards. Uh, We've got Cameron Murray there also on the bench and he could potentially play, I've got no doubt he could play 80 minutes in origin. Uh, He is just such a a fit. He's a specimen, Um, Cameron Murray, the lock forward for the the Rabbitohs. And um, so I figure... You know, Haas can play, sort of, will play half an hour. Angus Crichton, haven't seen the best of Angus Crichton since he left the Rabbitohs and joined the Roosters and he probably didn't have, I mean... So is he just, the lucky uh, one to get, to get potentially, to keep his jersey? There might have been a bit of loyalty there. And I know off the back of Origin 1 or Origin last year that Brad Fittler and Greg Alexander and Danny Badiris, they were in love with Angus Crichton. They thought he was such a pro. They're in love with Cameron for the Murray. series, and yeah, <laughs> well, they will be after they see him play Origin because I think he'll be a superstar at all levels of the game. For it's a long an exciting time bench, the youth and the the new breed coming through for New South Wales. It's- yeah, five. I mean, who'd have thought after winning the series last year, mm-hmm. they would have going into Origin one this year five players in game one making their debut. Some of that is forced by injuries, of course. But um, it's remarkable, really. I mean, it's, I don't know if that has ever been the case in the past. We'd have to go back and have a look at the, the teams when New South Wales, um, you know, back to the early 2000s when they dominated before Queensland did what they did between 2006 and, uh, and 2017. Um, yeah, I can't imagine there'd been that much of a change in a team that had won the series mm. um, the year before. And of the um, Queensland team, I mentioned uh, David Fafita, getting a chance to be on the bench. Um, Caitlin Ponga, the fullback, Oates and Gagai, the wingers, Morgan and Chambers. Um, it's very much what you thought, Munster and Evans, the, the halves combination. Um, no real surprises in the forward pack. They've all played there before. Three players on debut, Moses and Bai, Joe Offerhengawi and David Fafita on the bench, along with Dylan Napa, who will come off the bench for Queensland as well. So it's a pretty strong-looking forward pack and... Um, I mean, you can go through both teams and find some holes and players in perhaps not at the best of form um, and been taken on a little bit of faith um, with their games So, from what we've seen in 2019. Um, Will Chambers, you know, is is very solid. has been pretty good for the Melbourne Storm. They've been playing pretty well, quite obviously. But I don't think Will's the player that he was, you know, three or four years ago. Um, Michael Morgan has done a job for Queensland in the centres in, in, in a pinch in the past, back in 2017. So, um, And he's fully fit. Uh, he's had issues in the past with shoulders and groins. Um, I think he'll play a pretty good role in the centres for Queensland. So it's, it's really tough. I mean, looking at both of these teams, I find it really hard to say, well, they're definitely favourites, or I can see how this team... You know, can uh, New South? I can't, you know, with any confidence say that New South Wales can make it back-to-back series, or I can't say that Queensland can can definitely bounce back and and um, you know rewrite the ship. Talking to Danny Badiris uh, in Magic Round about the makeup of the New South Wales bench, and you know, as a fan, you know, I just love the idea of having four big blokes, you know, coming off the bench in in that 
that arena and that theatre because it, you know, coming off on and making such an impact. But both coaches have gone with a utility and, you know, I was arguing with Danny. I was like, no, you don't need to have it. And he's like, you do because – and I guess I'm not thinking of it as a coach, but they're they're like, what if someone goes down in the back line? You need someone that can play six, seven in the, you know, in the in the centres, on the wing, fullback. Um, and I feel like there was a time there where, you know, we did just have four big bots big bodies coming off the bench because how many minutes can you see Jack White and realistically getting? Is he only there for cover? Yeah, he might be a, you know, break glass in case of emergency sort of situation. Same as Moses and Bayer. It it might depend. Like, he may sit there for the majority of the game and not, yeah, not see. Well, same as Josh Reynolds. Remember when he was on the bench for New South Wales and played like a handful of minutes. If they're behind, if they're eight behind with uh, 10 to play, then, you know, Jack comes on and and plays, you know, one of those just, just... Play anywhere, mate. Yep. Fill a hole in the defensive line, and when the ball's you know in in our hands, be on the ball, be pushing up in support, and um, yeah, just do what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he may well be, and the same with Moses and Bayer for the Queenslanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, um, I guess a little bit maybe like you know Matty Bowen when Matty Bowen used to come off the bench for for Queensland. Uh, he would get a chance with 10 or 12 to go or 15 to go sort of thing, depending on the, the nature of the game. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you just have to carry somebody because. You know, boy, the way the game is and the collisions and everything else, as we've seen (laughs) and speaking about over the weekend, um, if you you were to lose um, a centre or a winger suddenly and that really impacted what you were doing and exposed you as far as a speed match-up on the edges of the field, Mm. um, if you had to play an hour or so with with that situation, it might uh, be your undoing. So, Mm. Um, yep, it'll be fascinating for Game 1 up at uh, Suncorp Stadium and then Perth for Game 2 and... ANZ starting for game three. So Are you going up for it? Great coming up. I'm not. I'm going to sit at home yeah, uh, with the fam, uh, <laughs> seeing as we do so much travel. Yeah. Um, I have been up there in the past uh, on lots of occasions for Origin Games. It's a Sun horrible place to go if you're a New South Welshman. It's a fascinating place. To know. You know what? I've had some of my more memorable experiences as a rugby league fan just sitting there watching um, and pretty much, you know, sort of, I guess, you know, I'm from Sydney, lived my whole life here, so... You know, I want, and I've got friends who are now in charge of the, you know, new, and that's been the case, whether it's been Laurie Daly as the mm-hmm. coach and now with Freddie and also Brandy and, and Bedsy um, in the coaching set up there. So, you know, you know, I'd like to see New South Wales do well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is somewhat somewhat selfishly. The, the build-up for, for Origin this year hasn't been anything like it was. And people will say, gee, the build-up's been massive this year. Well, it hasn't been anything like it was during Queensland's run of success because... Origin, just got, Origin got bigger and bigger and bigger the more Queensland won because the story was and it and it generated the, all the interest in the in the in the series for a decade. Can, is this the year that New South Wales break the streak? And you know the drought just continues on with all those maroon victories in a row, eight of them in succession. Mm. Um, and then we win one in twenty four, and then they win some more. So um, it, it just went on and on and on. And the series got bigger, and ratings got bigger, and it, it just swamped the NRL from the preseason all the way through the opening rounds of the season. It seemed like every game had some sort of impact. How did that affect? your thoughts about Origin and did, did he play well? And we haven't seen as much of that this year because. New South Wales won last year. And if you go back to the early 2000s, the last time that New South Wales dominated, I said this on the podcast last year, but Origin Games, we now know, uh, the three of them will be in the top five or six TV shows, TV events, 
for 2019 at the end of the year. You go back through them, there'll be the, the grand finals, the Origin Games will be thereabouts as well and some of the bigger um, reality shows, you know, finales and whatever else, MasterChef and whatever. Back in, back in the early 2000s, Origin, not one of the three games for about three or four years in a row, rated in the top 20 shows on Australian TV. And people would look at you and go, no, that can't be right. I'm telling you, that was the case. It wasn't anywhere near as big as far as television was concerned. And I think the greater series just in the, in the rugby league community and just the wider sporting community because, you know, if you get two and a half, three million, three and a half million people watching on TV, there's a lot of people there who will watch those games who aren't watching rugby league on a week-to-week basis, aren't there? So it draws people in who don't normally watch rugby league and it got bigger and bigger and bigger the more that Queensland won. So if New South Wales win this series, it'll be fascinating to see what happens to Origin ongoing. Well, Kevy's gotten on the front foot and you say it hasn't been a big a bigger build-up yet, but he's trying to, I think, fire everyone up in Queensland because well, <laughs> press conference as he announced the team, he's declared war. And, I mean, we've seen him every week on... Fox League coverage. He is uh, a passionate Queensland man and he, you know, he would not be not feeling the pressure after losing the series after such a dominant era for Queensland. And he's he's got the tough job now. Like, you know, the others, coaches before him did a wonderful job, but they had an um, amazing team. And now he has, have he's going through the rebuild and, you know, this is a very different looking Queensland team to what they've had in the past. So, but he's coming out. He's not, not sugarcoating it. He said, we're going to win. We're going to play really well and we're going to do Queensland proud. So I can guarantee the New South Wales media tomorrow, we'll, we'll call them cocky and <laughs> we'll just rip right in. <laughs> And they'll make fun of it. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to all that stuff. I mean, the media plays a huge part in this rivalry, absolutely. Mm. So, Back in 2006 when Mal was in charge for the first time and they'd lost game one and they were going home to Suncorp Stadium uh, and there was massive pressure because we had reeled off a bunch of series wins in a row and, you know, Mal might have been, had they lost that series, all, you know, Petro Sivanasiva and Steve Price were the front rowers and there were a bunch of guys who had played a lot of origin football and had had a bunch of series in a row where they hadn't been successful. And it was going to be the beginning of a new era or the end of an era for Queensland. And they were going to just reinvent the wheel and bring in a whole host of new players had they lost game two. And Mal's, you know, Kevy's declared war. Well, back in game two, ahead of that game, heading back home and in trouble, Mal said, we're going to bring the house of hell, was his quote. At Suncorp, when New South Wales come to Suncorp, it's going to be the house of hell that they will face. And they got up, and then we know they got up in game three of that series as well. And, um, you know, they kept on winning for a year after that was year. It. After so all you have to do that. is so, declare hell or war. Yeah, that's and right. And that's what you do in Queensland, and you just you win. Yeah. <laughs> it's, next year it'll be shock and awe or something like that. I'll be quoting uh, no, army generals from the US. Not strong enough. You need... Uh, yeah, it's got to be. Kevy was pumped. Or, yeah, super pumped. Kevy, uh, it was like he was doing a, a pre-game show for us on the Sunday ticket yeah. or something, where he can yeah. get pretty up, he can't can. he, Kevy? He almost wants to tackle the fellow talent <laughs> sometimes. He, to, he, he gets wants, on the field. He wants to get back out there. He does. He does, and he was <laughs> like that at the presser when he announced the team this morning. Yeah. As we record this on Monday morning, yeah. so fascinating game one coming up. As we said, we get sucked into the vortex mm. of Origin, but it's great. We love it. Yep. Um, well, it'll be 
dissected uh, every which way between now and then and uh, people will tell you they know exactly how it's going to get played out and the opposite will happen so we'll see how it turns out next week but we can't wait um, but let's go back through um, what happened over the weekend because uh, apart from the injuries in round 11 um, there were some games where you sort of yeah you, you, your ideas on teams were um, solidified and there were other teams who well it starts with the Newcastle Knights who that was the big test, wasn't it? Because they'd won four in a row and you thought, yeah, yeah, they've won four in a row. They're looking pretty good, but they're playing the Roosters this week. Well, they came out and they demolish the Roosters. I'm, sh- I'm shocked that it's a shame that Matty Russell isn't here because Matty is on assignment. If you're wondering where Matty is this week, he's on assignment in Europe. I think he's in the former Yugoslavia doing some SWAT training or something. I'm not sure. Some research for the cafe, the strip the joint. The cafe, the strip <laughs> <laughs> the cafe slash strip strip joint out there Sorry. in Wollongong. Derailed. Um, but it, uh, going back to the pre-season, Matty said that the Newcastle Knights would finish in the top four. Mm. And uh, when they were one and five, after six rounds, we were giving it to him uh, every week. We thought Nathan Brown was going to get the sack. Well, Nathan Brown was going to get the sack. Mm. You know, it was only a matter of weeks away. And then now here they are. They've ruled off five in a row, including beating the Roosters, the defending champs. Yes. They had Luke Kiry go down with a concussion and, yes, Cooper Cronk didn't play and they had other issues during the game as well. But you can only beat what's in front of you and there were 17 players there playing for the Roosters who are the defending champs and the Newcastle Knights played extraordinarily well, led by Mitchell Pearce and Kalen Ponga. And it's amazing how things have turned around for Nathan Brown and the Newcastle Knights since Caelan Ponga went back to the full-back position. Yeah, and he was knocked down in the 59th minute and out of the game and they still uh, went on with it. It was a, it was wonderful to watch. No better atmosphere in the game watching at home. It, it, that, that crowd, it just looked phenomenal up there in Newcastle and they'll be riding the wave well and truly with them now. They've stuck solid through some really, really lean years. And um, now they're up, yeah, as you said, in fourth. It was an, a weekend of the upset, really. I think I got one tip right or two tips right um, all weekend. And now they've got the bye and then it set, sets up a pretty awesome game for them again after the bye against the Bunnies um, in round 13 who will be um, having a lot of plays back up after Origin. So, um, yeah, good on the Newcastle Knights, good on Mitchell Pearce who's rediscovered his mojo and... Um, and you can see how much that, that win meant to him against his former club as he kissed the shield, yes. uh, the Newcastle badge on his jersey. Um, and, yeah, rightly so. I think he, he it would have felt really good to, to send that little message. And they now look like the team that you thought they could be. Uh, here they are. They're in fourth position. They're six wins and five losses. They're, they're two wins, admittedly, out of third. And they're four wins away from the Bunnies who are freewheeling at the top of the comp with a 10-1 and one record. Mm. But you can, all you can do is be in fourth, and that's where they are. And you go back to round six, and they got lapped by the, the Titans, 38 points to 14. It was dire. And you just thought, boy, I don't know what's happened. They've, they've wasted a season here because this was supposed to be, you know, they developed last year, they'd built a pretty good squad and they were going to move into the top eight this year and really, you know, be a, a team that develops into a contender over the next couple of seasons under Nathan Brown. And it looked like it was out the window mm. in the first quarter of the season. Well, but that's, that's just going to look at – they're just going to look back on that game as the turning point, aren't they, that, that Gold Coast game? Because that was – we that was when we were all like they're not playing for the coach. Everyone came out and absolutely hammered them for, you know, for all money. And then, then they go back to Newcastle and beat the Eels, and that's where it sort of turned on on its head for them. Yeah, and it was, you know, they played three more games. So Ponga moved back into the fullback role. 
in the second half of that game against the Raiders down there in Canberra, back all the way back in round three. And the Raiders beat them 17-10 on that night. And Nathan Brown had seen enough. And he'd given up on the experiment with Ponga in the, uh, in the six. And, but they still went on to lose in round four, round five, and round six. And it was against the Dragons, the Seagulls, and the Titans that they lost against. And Ponga was back in the fullback position there. And he was like, geez, I, they really are not playing well and there's something doing up there and Nathan Brown is going to get the sack. Well, here they are. Ponga's a champion again in the fullback role. Uh, Mitchell Pearce is playing like he's never played before and had you named the team for New South Wales last night and you'd said that Mitchell Pearce was the halfback, I'd have had zero issues with him wearing the seven for New South Wales. Given all the history I know and what happened in the past, but he was playing up against a pretty good team, wasn't he? And um, probably didn't have... You know, the team around him for New South Wales that he would have liked as well. Admittedly, he made, you know, some bad blues and some situations in that game management in those uh, losses for New South Wales. But I'd have had no problem at all with Mitchell Pearce being named for New South Wales for game one of the series. He's been playing that well. What did you think of Cooper Cronk being rested for the Roosters? Well, was he really rested or is there a niggling problem there? You know, he probably was just rested because... Um, we know how thorough Trent Robinson is and he plans these things out a long way in advance and they sat down in the preseason, and they went through the entire season and they knew you're defending premiers. We lost a lot of players to origin last year. We're going to lose a bunch of players again to origin this year. So how are we going to approach this middle part of the season? And it was probably always in the books that Cooper Cronk wasn't going to play against the Knights mm. in round 11. Now, he didn't know that Luke Keery was going to get knocked out. He didn't know they are going to have other issues as well. But... Um, I, I, we'll wait and see. I mean, they're eight and three after eleven rounds. Here we are in the midway. They're, I mean, they're flying mm. eight and three. There's there's fourteen other, thirteen other teams who would love to be eight and three right yeah. now, wouldn't they? So mm. they're in a great spot. Um, they've got the the bye this week. They come back. They take on the Panthers in round thirteen. Then in round fourteen, they doggies. take on the doggies. So you know, two teams at the bottom end of the competition. Um, they should get through those weeks in between Origins 2 and uh, Origin 1 and 2 in particular and then heading into Origin 2. Off the back of that, they will um, play Storm who they play? the Storm. So a massive game yeah. over there. Um, last year, was it? No, was it? It was that really the close year game. Before Wasn't it, it last was Origin affected? Last year, they were that really, really close game. It was the first time Cooper had played against... Cameron That's and right. the Storm. And we made um, so much of what happened over there yeah. the, <laughs> between the, lack the two of, of them. The lack of handshake post-game. That's yes. right. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But, you know, I'm not going to second-guess Trent Robinson and or Cooper Cronk, mm-hmm. uh, given how much they've done in, in the game. They know exactly what they're doing over there. They've proven that. Uh, without us sort of saying, you know, I think that's pull, they've pulled the wrong rein. So um, we'll wait and see. And, you know, given that now Luke Keary um, has his concussion issue, we don't know exactly what the short-term future is for Luke in regards to game time with the Roosters. So it Sad might, for him, though. It's might prove to be a masterstroke. A New South Wales jersey, his debut jersey. Yeah. Pretty disappointing, I'm sure, Great show. for him. and for his, I'll his, take him for a game at Bonnie Doon Golf Club. Yeah, he's a he member. loves golf. He's a member at my golf club. Yeah, so, loves it. Well, it's not my golf club. It's his golf club. It's everyone's <laughs> golf club. But um, Careful for your back, though. The golf club, yes, I'll wash my back. I'll take the neck brace off and make sure there's no cameras. I'll make sure there's no vans with darkened windows <laughs> sitting at the front gate of the golf club. I'll be watching. To see me uh, teeing off on the first, if I am claiming workers' comp after yes. calling it Brookvale. Um, what else caught your eye over the weekend? 
Uh, what else caught my eye over the weekend? Um, Cowboys were tremendous against the Raiders yeah. down there in Canberra. Of, of course, there's still no John Bateman. And is it a coincidence that the Raiders suddenly have gone on this losing streak without John well, Bateman? They had Are a, there? Yeah, probably. But they had a couple of tough games leading into this one. It, it's not an excuse. And Ricky won't use it as an excuse. But they played the Roosters and the Rab- Rabbitohs and the Roosters and then on the other, other way. Um, the Cowboys starting to find a bit of form. You know, they came into this game feeling like, you know, they've turned a corner um, around. They've had a terrible, shaky start to the year, looked clunky and out of sorts, and everyone was saying they're not going to recover from no Jonathan Thurston. But, again, I think Jason Tomolo ran for over 200 metres for the fourth time this year, um, and wherever he's in the team, and Josh Maguire was huge and his return from injury as mm-hmm. well. So once their forwards are, are packing a punch... And again, as you said, without the Raiders missing a, a key man still in, in Bateman and they lost Josh Hodgson to a thumb injury and we all know how important he is to their team. So, yeah, big big week um, for Ricky because they they now fall out of the top four for the first time since round two, I think, um, and they play the uh, the Bulldogs this weekend without uh, Josh Papali and uh, Nick Kotrick. Anyone else missing? And Jack Whiten as well now. Due to Blues. Yes, yeah. So that's impacting them for this week when they mm. take on the Bulldogs. I'm calling that game at uh, ANZ Stadium on Saturday night. So the Raiders, yeah, missing quite a few players, as it turns out, through injury and also now origin representation against the Bulldogs. And um, the Bulldogs outclassed yesterday at home at Belmore. They were disappointed. By the Melbourne Storm. But... I think they'll fire up at home on Saturday night and they'll be pretty tough to beat, I would reckon, given how many players are missing for Canberra. Mm. Um, while we're talking about the Canberra Raiders, can I just can I indulge a quick cheerio yes. to a mad Raiders fan Ooh. who's now living in Los Angeles, um, Matt Lanevez. Um, yes, act, Matt. He's a superstar. Act, actor of note <laughs> um, who is doing it tough, uh, watching that he's a big Raiders fan and doing it tough. I was uh, chatting to him via cyberspace over the weekend and, uh, yeah, he's got some theories as to why the Raiders, he's not just convinced that um, it's, you know, one player only. You think there's a few things happening. So, mm-hmm. good day, Matty. Um, great to um, know that. You, and he's a regular listener to the mm-hmm. podcast. He listens every week sitting over there in Los Angeles, getting his rugby league fixed by listening to us. Killing it in Hollywood, but rugby league missing it desperately. Yes, so uh, good luck (laughs) to your Raiders, Matty. We'll see how they fare in the weeks ahead during the uh, origin period. The Broncos and the Warriors. Can I just congratulate (laughs) the Brisbane Broncos wrestling coach? Yep, was that... Alex Prado. I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. Um, For killing the game or because <laughs> it was a crap? Well, they were super. he was super effective and I think that Alex uh, Prates, I'm going to say his name, P-R-A-T-E-S. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. It could be uh, you know, something different. But um, it could be Prates. I'm going to say it's not Prates. Uh, but he is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach and he's the coach of uh, Rob Whitaker, the Kiwi, who was the UFC Middleweight champion. Now, I'm look. I'm not a UFC devotee at mm. all, so I'm not really up in the wrestling and jiu-jitsu and martial arts world. But um, he's also the wrestling coach for the Brisbane Broncos. Was with uh, Michael McGuire and Anthony Seabold at the Rabbitohs prior to Anthony Seabold heading back to the Broncos and has linked up there with the new coach. And from what we saw, I mean, from the opening whistle, I'm sitting there watching the start of that game on Saturday afternoon. And I, it, had it been, you know, the Melbourne Storm of 20, 
09 or something like back back way back in the heydays of the wrestling stuff. Well, they couldn't have done a better job, the Broncos. And there, and there were no grapple tackles or chicken wings or rolling pins or figure four leg locks. <laughs> there was none of that sort of stuff. But their effort on the ground and their second efforts, and they got penalised. The penalty count was 10-5, so they got penalised plenty. But they could have been penalised 30 times more, I'd have thought, because they played the balls. I mean, they won the game 8-2. There was one try in the entire game. Uh, it was an absolute snooze fest in regards to points and, and entertainment. It was close, so it had that going for it. Mm. But, boy, um, they got away with murder, I thought, as far as the speed of the slow, the, uh, the slow speed of the play the balls. I mean, mm. there were second efforts in tackles and if you were anywhere near a tackle, they were running from 15 metres away to get involved in the tackle and make sure there were 17 players in the tackle and they would all peel off one after the other and there'd be a, you know, a, a grab, uh, someone grabs the ball carrier under the armpit and lock the ball up and all the moves that they practice at training. It was like a training drill it's a UFC. during was a game. It was a UFC in the middle of rugby league. Yeah, with, 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 and it was, like I say, it was all legal. But yeah. my goodness, if you go back and watch that game and just watch what was happening mm. in the tackles, it was – they took it to a new level. I hadn't seen the Broncos do that, I don't think, ever before. They was, it was super effective. And I tweeted about it. I said, boy, the Broncos wrestling coach – that's what sparked me to look it up online to see who the wrestling coach was um, – deserves a pay rise this week because their work on the ground – well, it's not great to watch as far as the spectacle is concerned, mm-hmm. but, boy, it's effective. Yeah. Well, Damien Cook has pretty much attributed his success last year to working with Rob Whitaker, and he was devastated when Seabold took him up to Brisbane with him because he worked closely with him last year on his own game, Cookie, and we all saw, you know, how, how successful his season was. The fact that they kept the Warriors scoreless um, pretty much indicates exactly what you said. They couldn't score a try, and they're a team that love to throw the ball around and mm-hmm. get that sort of offload away. Um, I can tell you exclusively that it was the shortest package for try time we've had this season. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Milford, the only try scorer. Um, and, and yeah, not, not, not a game that will be put on the highlights reel, um, that's for sure, for this season, for expansive football. No, of the other teams um, up from Queensland who've been doing it tough, the Gold Coast Titans, I called the game against the Seagulls at Brookvale and got the bad back as a result. Yeah. I couldn't work out whether to, like, crouch which I sometimes do over there, but then that really takes a toll on the knees and the thighs by the end of the game. Or So what I did, I had a knee um, on one of the chairs, so I was like a bit lower and had my left leg sort of splayed out like this at sort of 45 degrees so I could look underneath the uh, through the top of the window <laughs> and call with the binoculars like that when I wasn't looking at the monitor in the, coaches, in the uh, commentary box. But... Um, um, the Titans had to win. They had to find a way somehow to win because the pressure was building and it was Nathan Brown who was going to get the sack a month ago or the dogs were barking about Garth Brennan in the lead-up to that game yep. against the Seagulls. And the Seagulls were very good the week before against the Sharks, came up with a great win over at Shark Park um, just, uh, well, not even seven, five days before. Um, so to come down and, and win that one, 36-18, uh, Mal Meninga was there. The great Mal, and we saw him, uh, I think, maybe half-time or before the game and then after the game as well. And we said, how's the camp now? He said, more happy. So all he said, "There's everyone's more happy. <laughs> did he take them, yeah, after a win, did he take them bowling on Monday? Because they got... Bowling. Um, apparently they went bowling and they got hammered in the paper for it that after losing last weekend, 
it was a good, it was a few of the players have obviously tittle tattled to the media that instead of sitting in video they, in a darkened room in the well, fetal I mean, position. Half the time we hear people praise coaches for you know throwing the tools down and going, come on guys, let's just go for a beer and a chat. When you lose and you keep losing. You know, you'll often hear Maddie Johns on shows say that that's often the best thing to do, just get away from football and try and get back to yeah. being a, you need a, a close breaker. unit. Um, and there was a bit of, like, snickering about that's what the Titans did. They went bowling um, after last week's loss. But they also announced that Mal's going to do a full football review after the start to this season. And holy moly, they're down 12-0 and then they score 26 uh, yeah. unanswered points to, to go on with it. Dal Copley scores a hat-trick and, you know, they're... They've got, taken some pressure off of this week, let's just say that, but they're certainly not killing it by any means. And at 12-0, it looked dire mm. for the Gold Coast Titans as far as winning that game was concerned. Mm. And they, was, from that point on, it was 36-6, to the scoreline one way for the Gold Coast Titans. And Ash Taylor, who's been under pressure, um, came in for a fair bit of criticism from our colleague, my co-commentator, Braithen Astor, was um, in the in the Ash for the rent in the first half, but then Ash had a great second half and played a key uh, role and threw some lovely passes. Uh, one in particular for, for Dale Copley to score in the second half was just an absolute gem. You won't see a better pass mm. thrown this year from uh, you know, a cutout ball for a winger to score in the corner. So um, well done to Garth Brennan and the Gold Coast Titan bowling crew and Ash. That's fine. I've got, it worked. I've got no... Who cares if they go bowling? Well, I mean, people have a funny idea of what should happen. I mean, I think they... Some people think that they get locked away... They need to be flogged. ...in, in rooms... <laughs> With for, the belt. Know, ...for any time they're not on the training paddock <laughs> or in the video room or whatever or in recovery or doing weights or something. Mm. People have a funny idea of what it is to be a professional athlete, don't they? Well, you just need... I mean, yeah, how many times do we see teams get... Hammered and maybe the Dragons needed to do that last week after go bowl. Well, they should go bowling. Take the take the pressure off the hurt, and you know they it didn't work. Whatever they did, so. mm. no, they were they were better. We'll get to that, but um, uh, yeah, I you know people have strange ideas as to you know what should happen if it you know like when the Knights were losing five in a row, like if you said the Newcastle Knights had gone bowling <laughs> up there in, in the Hunter Valley somewhere, well It'd people would right. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> They've gone ten pin bowling. Yeah. Oh, that's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, <laughs> prefer they, I'd prefer they were going 10-pin bowling than getting, you know, on the drink like mm. an old school or whatever else and mm. you know, hammering themselves. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if you have a couple of quiet beers and go, you know, bowl a 200 game or something like that, what's, yeah. your, best, what's your best ever bowling effort? Bumper bowling or? Oh, it doesn't matter. What's your best score? <laughs> I need the bumpers up. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't know. When was the last time you went bowling? Are you a bowler? This but, is whole. Well, this I can't go bowling round. with my bad yeah, back right now. I You're can't go bowling yeah. right now. <laughs> I bowled. I bowled like a two eighteen or something. Oh I'm going to say. Oh my god! How how on earth is, do you know this? How well, well I remember. I remember down? this because I was on the drink, <laughs> and it was at the old. Um, it, it used to be called what was it? Fox Central at, at yeah, um, Fox Studios. At, it's now the Entertainment yeah, Quarter, yeah. but at the old Fox Studios, yeah. there was the. Yeah. Fox Central They've still got it. Bar. Is that still there? They've still got it. Next to the movies. The, the cinemas is next door. Yep. Um, but they – and I'm sure they've still got the bowling alley upstairs and it's like about six or eight lanes. It's not, not a massive like – not, not mm-hmm. a big AMF still setup, there. But it's still there. So, But one night, yeah, we there's a bunch of us there and we were having great old time and maybe I was a bit loose and, you know, <laughs> no, feeling no pain. It helped you. And I could, they didn't have – what the, I remember this because – 
for a long while there, they put a pin on the bar because we had a bit of an association. Oh, so the there was a pin score. with my name on it. With I don't know if I had the highest score at the lanes, but they put it, and so that was there for a little while. But it wouldn't be there now. But I had to bowl in my socks. Because they didn't have, I've got big feet. <laughs> they didn't have any shoes to fit me, so I had to bowl in my socks and on the polished That's talent. Because well, that I, is slippery. Well, I was sliding around like a lunatic on all the over, beers over the place, and slippery slopper. So I'd had you know half a dozen beers <laughs> and in my socks sliding around and bowled like a two eighteen. It was crazy. I think that's the secret to and success. And like the the noise. <laughs> That was developing as I just kept bowling these strikes was ridiculous. So that's my that's my best ever bowling effort. All right, I'm gonna have to go bowling and try and out. So do it after a couple without of without uh, shoes and five beers. Yeah, <laughs> get a okay. couple of Sauvignon blocks into you and then <laughs> bowl in your socks and see how you go. That's the works for the Titans. So it worked work for me for the Titans. Yep. What about your Dragons? Uh, down twenty two nine yesterday. I called that one down there at Wynn Stadium. And uh, at 9-8 at halftime, Ben Hunt kicks the field goal right on halftime. Uh, it was anybody's game, albeit Tim Laffey had been ruled out with an ankle injury earlier in the game and then we didn't know that James Graham had suffered this ankle injury and wouldn't Sorry. return to, for the second half. So, Well, they were down on troops. By halftime when they lost James Graham and Laffey, then Tyson, that game was never going to be in the bag for the Dragons, even though they were up 9-8. And mm. Matt Moylan made a huge difference for Cronulla, I think, on his return and, you know, good on them. But it's the derby and it hurts when you lose to the to the arch rivals. I just – I thought that the, the Dragons played some stupid football at times and there was some – they had lots of chances in the first half of the exact Lomax came real close. Ben Hunt bombed a try. Could have been a completely different story at halftime if they get those two, two down. So very, very frustrating – to watch down on confidence, expected a lot better after the Mudgee game. So, and I, now Ben Hunt heads off to Origin, and who knows how he'll come back from that experience. So, they're down in. Is it? Are they? Have they fallen below thirteenth after that loss, or are they still at? 13th? The Dragons are thirteenth. So you've got the Dogs at the bottom of the comp, three and eight, same record as the Panthers and also the Gold Coast. The Dragons are on the next line with the Warriors at four wins. And seven losses mm. on eight points. And the Dragons don't play until the Monday, so they've got the longer turnaround after Origin, the bye this weekend, then they play on uh, the Monday of the long weekend. But it's against the Bulldogs, who notoriously give us a hard time in June. Um, we smashed them earlier in the season at Cogra, but that's when there was a little bit more confidence. Yeah, and I've caught, a, I've caught a bunch of Dragons games already this year. Maybe I'm the, the, the common denominator, and I'm calling that one again mm. against the Dogs in Round 13 on the, the holiday Monday. So, yeah, that'll be a massive game uh, against the Bulldogs. Well, they, they've pretty much said goodbye to that. Well, they already did. Top four is definitely out of the question. So now if the Dragons are to go on a massive run and secure seventh or eighth, but the season's done. Well, it, it's getting to that point because um, they now at four wins and seven losses. So my sort of my barometer is always twelve wins, twelve losses. If you have twelve, then you're a chance of making the top eight. No, no fewer than twelve. You need a minimum twelve wins and thirteen. I mean, last year you needed more than twelve wins. Twelve didn't get you into the top eight. But for the Dragons now to reach twelve and twelve, they have to go eight and five. Their final thirteen games. They've played eleven. They've got thirteen remaining. They've got to win eight and lose a maximum of five mm. to finish with a 12-win, 12-loss record. And right now, I couldn't put my hand on my heart and say so I could see the Dragons winning anything like eight games out of their last 13. Yeah, and the Knives are out. They were out last week when they lost to, in Mudgee. So, yeah, I'd, some interesting scenes. And 
in the sheds as well when James Graham was pretty cranky at um, the coach. Did you see those shots of of James Graham getting a little bit cranky? I don't know what happened there. but um, Didn't see that. Yeah, a little bit frustrated. I don't know if it was at the knee, I mean at the ankle injury or, or what was going on. But, yeah, certainly dour. It didn't look good. Mm. Tough times. They've got the bye this week, uh, as we said, and then the Bulldogs into Manly. Uh, Bulldogs into Manly, I think. Yeah, well, they beat the Bulldogs back in round five uh, comprehensively, another mm. game that I did call. So I'll do both the Dragons-Bulldogs games this year, as it turns out. Uh, 40 points to four uh, from memory, that one mm. back at Cogra in round five. So, um, you know, the Bulldogs have moved on from that point as well. But they, uh, they're they hot and cold, the Dogs, at the moment, given where they've been with, as far as their salary cap and everything and their uh, roster and all the drama they've had there. Uh, they're probably, yeah, in the right spot as far as a bottom three in the comp mm. team at the moment. Yep. So it was a fascinating week. I mean, do you want to go back to all the way back to Thursday very quickly and that game where Nathan Cleary stood up for the uh, the Panthers and beat the Eels because the Panthers, I thought, were pretty diabolical in that game. The game was not... What does that not... say about Parramatta, yeah. though? And Parramatta are currently five and six and on four and against, they're in the top eight. But really, they're playing. They are playing like a bottom three in the on the ladder team. Suddenly, aren't they? Yeah. Well, off the back of Magic Round against the Storm, and then what happened up there against the Cowboys, and then mm. wow. I mean, the the Panthers were there for the taking, but their second half Parramatta they won't play a worse second half than that with with the ball. Um, their second half against the Storm wasn't real flash with twelve men at one stage, but. Oh, with the ball, they were just awful. They couldn't get through a set of six. It wasn't a game that we want, that we couldn't have seen the back of quick enough. It was not enjoyable <laughs> to watch. And I guess for the Panthers, they'll take it and they needed very much um, to to get that win. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Bankwest thing, we all thought that was going to be their place. That was going to be their, you know, they'll always win there. And Brad Arthur said straight away it wasn't their Coliseum tonight. And, you know, you can't just turn up and expect that you're going to win those games because you're back at home. Um, and, that and yeah, Brad Arthur said they ran away from the collision instead of running into it, um, which, you know, uh, straight away people are saying... That's, da- that's for a coach, that's damning, isn't it, to yeah. say your players didn't really want to be part of the collision. Yeah, and why? But, I mean, they've, they've had all the off-field stuff taken care of. All, you know, not every player has signed on the dotted line, but the, the, some big names have, so the coach is shored up. That was supposed to be a big one and, you know, the Gutho thing's sorted out now. Um, once and for all, but it's almost like since that's happened, the wheels have have come off a little bit, um, which, yeah, is hugely disappointing because everyone was on the para bandwagon saying that they're back and this is going to be another another great year and therefore they needed to they need to re-sign everybody. Um, so, yeah, a big game back at Bankwest again this weekend. I'm doing that game against the Rabbitohs who will be decimated and will be probably struggling to name a team given all the players they've got out through injury. So if, if Parramatta want to get back into form, this is the game to do it because, the, yeah, the, the, the Rabbits won't have a host of their stars. Boy, they'll be desperate, the Bunnies, to have uh, Adam Reynolds on deck given the uh, the leg injury he suffered mm. against the Tigers. He's already said he'll be right. Saturday night. Yeah. It seems like it, yeah. yeah, cleared of a fracture and, and it looks like it's just a sort of severe bruising or whatever else, so a bit of a cork as much as anything. So mm. he should be okay against the Eels. That's a huge game for the Eels because mm. there are, what are there, five teams? Well, one, two, three, four teams with a five and six record. Uh, the Eels, the Broncos, who've won three in a row now. The Tigers are five and six. 
Uh, the Cowboys have improved to five and six as well. So it's yeah. tight. And the Broncos have the bye, position. so they'll jump the Eels if the Eels don't win. You know, so the Eels are definitely firm, firm pressure on them. Uh, we say it every week, pressure's on. But, yeah, they've got to... They've got to turn it around and play really well again. While we're talking about round 12, uh, a winner in that game, Eels, Rabbitohs. I'm going to say the Rabbitohs to win that one despite who's missing. And I don't know who, who they'll name at this stage as we record this, as we say, on mm. Monday morning. But uh, the Rabbitohs to win for mine in that one. Mm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't. I'm so bad at that because the Rabbitohs, they're going to be missing their nine, their six, one of their – so Gagai won't be there. They've already got Johnston out. They've got a heap of players already missing. There's talk that they're not going to be able to field 17 players. Cameron Murray. Yeah. So, yeah. Based on the outs. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But, I'm, you know, uh, good teams in the situ- situations like this against poor teams find a way to win. Mm. And at the moment, the Eels are a poor team. Gosh, if the Eels don't win that, I'm going to have to say Parramatta because they just have to. What is it about coaches who get re-signed <laughs> – and then suddenly their team falls off the face of the map. When Paul McGregor got re-signed, they can't win the Dragons. Brad Arthur got re-signed. I think, are they 0-3 since he got re-signed or 0-2 certainly? The key certainly is to be on a performance-based contract like Nathan, like Nathan Brown. Yeah. Then just... Open-ended. <laughs> Pressure's on Seriously. every week. Yeah. Win or see you later. Yeah. So, okay. So you, are you taking I'm going to take the Eels. Sorry. You are. Are you going to go Panthers or Manly because oh. that's Thursday night? Panthers and Seagulls on Thursday night. I'm going to uh, tip... Oh, jeez, jeez. Oh, yeah, Both of them are very tough. affected again. Will Maloney be fine to line up? So he'll be back for them. Not I mean, the Seagulls, apart, you know, they hit the road hump, uh, the speed hump on the road to Brookvale on Friday night against the Titans. Uh, but they've been playing pretty well without uh, Tom Travojevic and without DCE. No Jake, though, this week. I was talking to Daly Cherry Evans before the game, and he said, I'll definitely be right for Origin 1. So he's got no uh, issues with his ankle um, ongoing, he thinks. He reckons he's fit and firing and back to full fitness with that, so he'll be good for Queensland and the Sea Eagles beyond uh, Origin 1. I'll say... I'll say the Panthers. (laughs) Even without Nathan Cleary, um, I'll say that they will be able to find something and keep it going. Jerome Luai will... Jerome Luai will have one of those games playing in the halves where you sort of go, ah, oh, wow, you know, the, yeah, this, this kid should be playing full-time somewhere. The fans love him. Mm. They yeah. love him. They want to see him in the team. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Panthers, but they've bloody hurt me so much this year. Um, they don't have Jake Trebojevic, as I said, the Seagulls. He's so – he's the heart of that team. No Daily Cherry Evans. Yeah. Brad Parker's hurt himself, I think. he's Broken for, jaw. Yeah, for six weeks or so. So, yeah, a few – those injuries, they did super well for those – Ten weeks with all those injuries and maybe they're just catching up to them a little bit at the moment. Quite possibly. Mm. Uh, Other two games in this split round in round 12, the Bulldogs take on the Raiders. We touched on that one. Um, mm, Jeez. So Aidan Caesar will come back into the side for Jack White and not being there, you would imagine. And the Bulldogs, are they unaffected by origin? Clem Clem doesn't play for them anymore. No, he doesn't. Dylan Napa is out. Dylan Napa, they lose Dylan Napa. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll say. I'll say. Josh Hodgson's not playing, is he? Because his thumb's he's injured. He's broken thumb. Uh, oh. I'll say again with my theory in regards to the Rabbitohs. I'll say the good teams, and I, I still think the Raiders are a pretty good team. I reckon they'll beat the Dogs, but the Dogs will be fired up at home, and um, and they've shown on you know 
games here and there. They can they tested the Melbourne Storm earlier in the season. They've won three games. Apart from that, they weren't in the hunt against Melbourne at Belmore, unfortunately, yesterday afternoon. But uh, I'll say the Raiders to beat the Dogs. Mm, not confident, uh, I'll, but I'll, I'll say I'll the Raiders I'll probably regret too. that yep. by this time next week. Mm. And the final game on Sunday afternoon up there at uh, Seabus Super Stadium, mm. the Gold Coast Titans to play the North Queensland Cowboys. Well, if the Titans are going to win and beat the Cowboys, it should be when they don't have their origin stars again. Morgan... Um, who else? Now, it was no, Jake Granville wasn't named in their extended... They didn't have an extended team, so he'll be... So is it just Morgan that they're missing? No, who else? Well, Justin O'Neill with that... Yeah, uh, Justin O'Neill's out ruptured spleen with the well. injury. Uh, Matt Scott. He's... Yeah, but he said he'll be right. He'll be okay. So, mm-hmm. um, no. Uh, Josh Maguire... Of course. ...might be on deck. That's a huge loss. Yeah. Uh, he's been... When he's been on deck, he's been tremendous for them. Had a, an enormous game in his 200th game a couple of weeks ago against the Warriors over there at Mount Smart Stadium. So he's a big loss for them as well. So, mm. yeah, I'll, I'll probably go. Oh, I can't go to the Titans. You, think, oh, you are like no? crazy. You're not going to the Titans? Even maybe. maybe Cowboys are building. You know, I didn't realise until after the game when we were talking during the game about the fact that Mal Meninga was going to be conducting this uh, investigation, this uh, review of everything yep. that's happening with the football department and all that sort of side of the business for the uh, the Gold Coast Titans. Well, the players didn't find out about it until after the game, I believe. Oh, so it had no impact on uh, them. Hard to imagine because it was on the Gold Coast Titans. This might say something about the players, but it was on the Gold Coast Titans website. I'm sure at least for oh, 24 hours. I've got no doubt. Who said that they didn't know? The players well, said. Well, one of the players said, I, oh. saw, I saw a quote saying, we didn't know. Oh. I found out about it from someone sending something on Facebook and when they checked their phones after the game, there was this thing about, you know, the review happening on someone's Facebook account. Mm. You should delete Facebook anyway. They're all over their phones. I don't believe it for a second. They um, read everything. Someone would have wised them up to it, put so, them on notice. Anyway, so it, it, it might... <laughs> I'm going to go Cowboys, stuff it. Jason Tomalolo's in that team. He'll eat them for breakfast. I guess my point in regard to the Titans <laughs> and finding out about it via Facebook or whatever is they didn't. there wasn't the fear of God mm. that was into them that made them perform as they did in the second half because maybe when they were down 12-0... Maybe they read it at halftime. At halftime, that might have <laughs> not been said, what's happening. if you guys don't go allowed, out there, you're sacked. They can't check I'm doing my phones. review tomorrow. You're all gone if you don't win this game. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> well, well, good luck to Mal with his review up there. Um, God, life's changed from being Queensland coach. Scary man, Mal. You wouldn't want to get on the wrong yeah. side of Mal. Yeah. He just, you know, Tough job, though. This turning turning much, the Titans around? Yeah, tough. Because the, the Titans can be Titanic, can't they? And have, and, Titanic yeah, mess. Well, not just the Titans. I mean, the, the Gold Coast in general as a sporting area has a horrendous record mm. with franchises. We've mentioned this in the past on the show as well, but mm. whether it's rugby league or AFL or basketball, I mean, nobody's had any a sniff of success on the Gold Coast to my knowledge. Yeah, big job. Probably good lawn bowls. It's I think it's a taken bowling again. It's the heartland of lawn bowls, and I think in Australian lawn bowls, the Gold Retirement Coast. Village. I think it's pretty. They they do pretty well in lawn bowls. Do they? Okay. But that might be it. That might be our next project. Lawn bowls. See yeah. if you can get two hundred and eighteen in that. It's one of my mum's. My thing? mum's a massive lawn bowler. You know. Yeah. <laughs> she she bowls and and wins money. But they win money. She's like an, you know, just like an amateur going down the club and bowling, but she wins 100 bucks here and 200 bucks there and these things. Bowls five times a week. Nana Smith, 
cleaning up at the bowls Scary. every week in her whites. Scary. Never coming over and babysitting for us anymore. She's always in the Too whites, busy. down the, down the <laughs> on the rink, bowling, lawn bowls. Uh, anyway. All right. That's what our thoughts for round 12 and some beyond round 12 as well in regards to origin in game one. Shout out to Maddie if you're listening. Hope the research trip is doing Going gang the research races. trip in the in Europe, yeah. yeah. So he's Maddie's not on deck this week, obviously, and next week as well. He's missing, uh, no. but he'll be back for uh, I guess our uh, look back at what will be uh, round origin. thirteen yeah. and mm. Origin mm. and the like. So yes, uh, next week probably a big Origin preview, I would imagine. Given we'll only have four games to talk about as a review, mm. and uh, I might come up with some. Yeah, we might have some trivia or something, or a bit of uh, is it. Does that work in a podcast, a bit of trivia? I'll quiz you. You'll quiz me. (laughs) That could be scary. (laughs) Until you see us next week, you can take me now. I've seen it all.